Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? Dumba Juki is. And it's also. Eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with you? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Merritt. All right, all right. Welcome to live What the Fuck here at Comics in New York. Let's do this, what the fuckers, what the fuck buddies, what the fucking ears, what the fuck nicks. Thank you for coming down to Comics in New York. It's good to see you. Oh, that's the proper response to that. How are you up close, people? It's, it's really close, right? It's weird when it's this close. It's a little intense, right? It doesn't become funny till like two or three rows back. Here it's just draining and angry. <laughs> I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so happy to be in New York. Let's, oh, let's give this stuff away really quick. As you know, WTF is sponsored by JustCoffee.coop. Uh, and I have one bag of JustCoffee.coop. Oh, it's his birthday? Is that fucking true? Or she just bullshitting me to get a bag of coffee beans? Could you live with that? Happy birthday, fucker. I'm sorry, it's his fucking birthday. And I know what's going to happen. They're going to leave and they'll be like, that was so fucking ridiculous. I lied about your birthday and we got coffee. And now he thinks it's your birthday. I want your name and email address. Send me a Facebook message. And if I don't look on Facebook and it doesn't announce your birthday today... You're, you're shit to me. Okay, so now I'm going to unveil the new t-shirts. Oh, look. Look, it's Mark and the cat. That's Monkey and LaFonda and Scary Boomer at the end. Now, I have to be honest. I, I owe some people some t-shirts. But I, I want to do this properly and fairly. I have some for sale out front, but I'm just going to throw this like a bride. Like a bride. Oh, come on, you guys. What? Why am I stuck? What happened? And I want to... Okay, okay. Let's be nice, people. Look what people bring me. They have no respect for my eating disorder. It's not bad enough I'm off nicotine. And, and the pounds are coming on. I'm not going to complain because I know I don't look fat, right? Ah, that's why you're my fans. Okay, but uh, th this is from... Let me just make sure I get it right. This is congratulations on the 100th episode. Uh, congratulations and more. Thanks for making Mondays and Thursdays to look forward to. I love it when you call your mom, but I don't think she'd approve of these local sweets. No shit, Tim. No shit. My mother would not approve. This, this bag would frighten her. My mother would see this bag, she'd be, she'd be frightened by it, and then she'd open this up, she, and then she'd eat like a bunch of it compulsively, and then throw the West in the garbage, quickly. That's what would happen with my mother. But it's not where we are tonight. Tonight I'm going to be in my hotel room later, sad that this is over, questioning how the show went. Perhaps masturbating between you and me, and then binging on this shit. Because I know how to party. <laughs> Do you know me? Are you here with a friend? Are you a fan of the show? Can I, have you ever seen me before? Because you, you're looking at me with this like, is this supposed to be funny? I don't understand why all these people seem to know what he's talking about. He just seems like a, a too much information guy talking about masturbating and an eating disorder. 
It's right up your alley? Awesome. Then you're in the right place. Uh, I want to thank Amy for bringing the two pies for me and Brendan. That was very nice, Amy. And then uh, I wanted to read this, too, because uh, I don't know where, where you guys didn't hear that I don't want to eat all this cake, but I'm going to. Marin, which means true Mark Marin fan by no first name. Um, Marin, enjoy the zucchini bread. It's vegan and relatively healthy, so you can eat it in two sittings. Oh, no, no, I'm not going to. That's going in one sitting. I plowed through a pint and a half of Hagenas the other night proudly. I, I, because I'd done yoga and I'd run compulsively for three days and I thought I should reward myself with peanut butter cup, chocolate fudge brownie, and, and vanilla to cut the edge on that shit. Do you do that where you're like, I'm going to do the chocolate fudge brownie, but just a, like a, a dab of vanilla to cut it, you know, as I... Just to take the edge off of the chocolate intensity. Oh, so you said you can eat it in two sittings and only feel mildly shitty about yourself. I felt shitty about myself looking at that fucking cake. In case you have allergies, it's got holy flour, soy flour, a little all-purpose, zucchini, applesauce, flaxseed, ginger, cinnamon, nutmeg, grapefruit juice, pecan, salt, baking soda, baking powder, three-quarters of a cup of brown sugar, and our absolute love and appreciation for what you do. Thank you. Oh, and then... And then, at the end, he says, you might be a little allergic to that last one. <laughs> That's very true. And you made that yourself. That sounds like a fucking chemistry project, buddy. That sounds like it, it took some time. Well, I'm happy to be in New York. In New York as I said, I'm staying over in the uh, Gramercy Park area where I used to live with my first wife. And I was happy to see the, uh, some of the, the same methadone addicts are still hanging around. <laughs> Because when you don't live in New York City, you forget that there, I don't know where the clinics are, but, but methadone addicts actually roam in packs. And there's nothing more fun and funny than like six or seven methadone addicts trying to act like they're not on methadone. Yeah, junkie tipping. That's a very old joke of mine. Holy shit. That is a joke. Yeah, that, that's so old, I'm not going to do it. I, um... But I appreciate the, the shout-out to an old joke of mine that I used to do a lot. But they're, they're just so funny because they plod along at this weird pace. They all talk like this, and they're all talking too loud and angrily about... They, you ever hear junkie conversations where you can't believe the level of anger about what they're talking about? Where they're like, why is there only two breadsticks? Where does that even come from? They usually make this salad with two breadsticks more than you put in here. You owe me a nickel. Right? And they're that angry about it. And then I saw a guy hawk up a loogie that was impressive. Like I, no, and I don't mean to downplay New York because I love New York, but like I haven't been here in a while, so there was a, like an essential, a, a, a sense assault because I, I was low on sleep and I got up and I was running to do Opie and Anthony because that's my double life. I, I come here and I'm Mark Marin, as you know me, and there I'm this filthy, hateful, self-hating, angry person. But I need to have that double life. Well, I don't want to talk about the guy spitting. It was just so impressive. Because you know when you're walking down a street in New York and there's just hundreds of people of all types and then somebody just takes the spotlight? Like someone just comes out of the crowd and you don't know why, why it's going to happen. But I just saw this dude. He was just walking angrily and all of a sudden there was something special about him. And he just went... And I'm like, yes. Yes. Bravo. I flew in here yesterday, and some of you know I'm dating this girl that's, uh, that's too young for me and, and full of chaos. 
And, um, and I, certainly I don't want to complain, but uh, it's driving me fucking crazy. I don't know if you've had a relationship like this where you really like a person, then you get together with them, and within three minutes you're, you're screaming at each other. And then you're like, fuck you, I'm done with this. I'm done. And she's crying, and she leaves. And I'm like, fuck her. I'm broken up with this shit. I don't need this shit. And before she gets home, I text her, I'm sorry, come back. And then, and then you fuck, and you're like, are we good? And then that happens every single day. Is that healthy? But I don't know. But like, I think I'm a romantic, though. I do. Well, here's what happened. There was a big test for it. Because you don't understand. This, I don't know if you've dated this woman, but I have in my life. And I'm, I'm a little old for it. Where she doesn't, she, doesn't, she lives, she rents a room at this, uh, this house, which happens in L.A. It's fine. But she, she nests. She doesn't live in a bedroom. It's just a, a pile of clothing. The entire room is just a large pile of clothing with food boxes, you know, and her computer. Yeah, no, I mean, it's not rotting food, but... But, you know, then you walk in and literally everything she owns is on the floor. And I go, what the, what the fuck is this? You can't clean up? And she's like, well, that's just from last night. I was trying to decide what to wear. And I'm like, but you went through everything you own? And you, it's just chaos. And, and then, you know, the only thing that makes sense is when she's lying on the bed and there's some semblance of, of order there. And what am I getting at? Where am I going with this? Oh, well, so, so, but I, I really have really deep feelings with her. But so there was a big, with, for her, there was a big test where she said she was going to take me to the airport at five in the morning. And I knew there was no way that she was going to get up to do it, even if she wanted to in the deepest part of her heart. She, she has Klonopin for breakfast. So, so <laughs> that's the, the breakfast of the hyper anxious, you know, whatever. So, so I knew she wasn't going to make it, but she really wanted to try to make it. And I said, well, I'm going to fucking leave at 5 and you know, text me at 4.30 if you're going to make it. So, of course, she doesn't text me. I call her at 4.48. I'm like, are you coming? She's like, I'm on my way. And I'm like, you just woke up. And your, your, your head just popped out of a pile of clothes when you heard the phone ring. And now you say, you're going to get me. Don't fucking bother. I'm going to drive. And I was mad. And I'm driving to the airport mad. And I'm thinking, like, it's fucking over. I'm done with her. And then I'm thinking, well, why can't they create a car that runs on resentment? Um, <laughs> Like, they should have the technology. Like, why can't I, there be a car that I get into in the morning and go, fuck this? It's like, you know. So, so I decide it's over. So now I'm at the airport a free man, okay? Because she didn't come to pick me up and, and we needed to break up that day. But I knew that I wasn't going to be able to text her back and have sex later, so it could go on for a while. But I get to the airport at 5 in the morning, a free man in my head, and I couldn't believe what was going on. It was so bizarre. Have, have you taken a flight at like 5 in the morning? Like It's a 7 o'clock flight, so I'm at the airport at like 5.30, which means everybody's just waking up. Like, and everybody's sort of vulnerable, you know, and kind of, you know, like, you know, like when people just get up, they're kind of like, oh boy, another day. Like, and everybody, everybody at the airport is like that, so everybody's sort of wide open and they don't mean to be. And I have this weird moment where I get through security and I decided not to challenge myself and get my shoes on before the rest of the shit came out. So I sat down to put my shoes on and a woman sat next to me and she was sort of like, you know, a, a little heavy set and, you know, had a, you know, a nice, you know, she was kind of sloppy dressed and her hair was all matted from bed still. And it's just this moment where I'm looking at her matted hair and I'm thinking, I could live with her. <laughs> like, and there was some weird moment where I'm like, I felt like we just woke up together. And then I'm just looking at her, and she doesn't recognize me or know me or anything. And then she walks away, and I'm like, oh, well, 
I guess, I guess that's over. <laughs> and then I saw another woman there who like, like looked around my age and she looked like, you know, well put together and sort of, you know, you know carrying her shit really well. And like, you know, and I, I'm thinking to myself, why can't, you know, I, that's, I could be with her too. Like, that's what I need, a well-adjusted woman my own age with a job and somebody who wouldn't get invested in my insanity. And, and, would, and, you know, and like, by the time she walks by and she's 50, 50 feet away, I'm, I've, I've named our dog, you know. And, <laughs> and then, like, something happened on the plane where I, like, I have to, I have to cop to this stuff because, I, you know, I'm challenged racially occasionally for, for reasons that, that are not really based in racism but they're just based in a lack of understanding of my ability to generalize. But I... Which is racism. Um, and, I don't know. But the, here's the sexism thing. Because I don't think that, like, that I'm involved in, with this woman. I don't think that yelling and screaming and, and making each other crazy and making her cry. I just think that you know, we, we found each other and we have that interface. You know, you, it's, you know, I, you know, I, deep down inside, you know, I, I know this is surprising, but I'm, I, I am emotionally you know, detonated. Like I, I'm like an emotional suicide bomber. I am, I am programmed when somebody gets too close to blow the fucking relationship up. But I, I, sometimes I, I didn't realize I was a little sexist. You know, I, obviously we all are a little bit. But I had this moment on the plane, that, and I have to cough to it, because I'm on a plane, we, we had taken off, we're flying. And the pilot comes on and says, hello, this is your pilot. Um, we're getting to level off at uh, our, our flying altitude, uh, but please keep your seat. And it's a woman. Hello, I'm your pilot. And it's a woman's voice. And I literally had a moment where I panicked. I'm like, oh my God, can she fly this? And it, and it happened so now I didn't say it out loud, but but two thoughts went through my head. It's like, holy fuck, are we going to be all right up here? And and then the next one was like, I hope there's a guy in there at least. And then I had to stop myself and go, dude, of course women can fly planes. Driving not so much, but they can fly planes. I've, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I'm basing that on on every woman I've known. So that doesn't mean all women. Let's bring out our first guest. I'm glad you're here. We got a great show. Uh, let me tell you who's here so you can get excited. Um, in a moment, I'll bring out our first guest. I have Maeve Higgins all the way from uh, Ireland. Glenn Wool from uh, Canada by way of London. I have uh, Karen Kilgareth, who is fucking hilarious. She's going to sing a couple of hilarious songs. I have Dave Cross back there. Dave, actually, I didn't know if he was going to make it, uh, and I texted him yesterday, are you going to make it? He said, yes, I'll be there early. I have nothing to do all day, and I like beer. So he's here. And like, I guess I'll read the emails with uh, Michael. My first guest, you know from the state, you know from Michael, and Michael have issues. You know from Stella, you know from uh, just being a very funny and, and earnest man, uh, and intelligent. Michael Showalter, please. Yeah. Hi, Michael. Hi, Mark. Are you okay? Yeah. All right. Sure. Yeah, you know, I, 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 we talked earlier, and there was some concern, and you were a little angry, and, and we all know that show business can be disappointed, but fuck it, we've got each other. Yes, we do. Yay! Hey. Do you want hugging? 
Do you want you want to read some emails and respond yeah, to them with totally, me? Totally. I think that would help us out. Are any of them to me or are they all to you? They're all about you in some way. I wanted to read this one first because, you know, uh, neither Mike, do you mind if I tell him? We don't uh, do drugs anymore, Mike or I, do we? No, we don't. Well, listen to this. This is fucking awesome. Although I do take melatonin. Does that count? You're a melatonin addict? Uh, addict? That's a strong word. Does it work for you? Very much. Real, what do you use it for? Are you on it now? No. Am I on it? No. It's a sleeping. <laughs> yeah, so is a lot of things, but like, do you fucking. If I was. If I was on it right now, I'd be asleep. That's, but, but see, sometimes the funnest thing about sleeping things is not sleeping. I can't, but that... I, it's, it's fighting the sleep. It's taking and going, whoa, I'm going down, but I'm not! But see, you, you're good because you don't need, you don't need drugs to be... What, what, are you kidding crazy? me? Oh, that's true. I don't need drugs to be crazy, but I find that if I don't have something to fill the uh, void... So what's your, vo- what's your vice? Look at there's a, that my people are very sensitive to Carmel my needs. Covered popcorn. I will jam like sometimes I will eat ice cream and while I'm eating it, I will sincerely believe in my heart that this is the best moment of my life, and that I never want it to end, and 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 that like you know when you eat peanut butter cup, fucking Ben and Jerry's when when tell me how great it is to find the whole peanut butter cup. Do you remember? Ages and ages ago, you did a, You were talking about masturbating and watching your cum Not drip me. down on no. the TV. Watching your cum drip down the TV screen. You like masturbated onto a television and you were watching. You were talking about watching your cum slowly drip down the. Am I just making this up? You know, Michael, I hope you're so not making it, it up. That I was I, just making if this you up. decided that that was like, if you don't know if that's real or not. Like, I don't remember talking about it, but it sounds like something I might have no, done. No, and I remember going, I, I remember hearing you do that and being like, Mark Marin is by far and away the most brutally honest comedian on the face of the earth. Well, you know, you know what that kind of behavior comes from? That, that falls under the, the, the heading of hotel room boredom. Sure. Absolutely. Like you're in a hotel room, there's nothing to do. I've, I've masturbated into drawers in hotel. Sure, sure. No, why not? You're like, fuck it. You know, and you just jerk off in a drawer. Um, you, you were there after me? I'm sorry, did you do it? But you don't get it. I don't know. Yeah, it's not the same. It may, I, but now let's not get too deep into this. Oh, you know what? I masturbated into the Bible. And you know that whoever was in that room and decided to read the Bible, there's no way to mistake what could have happened there. You know what? Who what? hasn't masturbated into a Bible? That's the thing. Couple of people are uncomfortable. I thought this was a comedy show. <laughs> masturbating into the Bible. No, I, it's been a long time since I masturbated onto a television, but I appreciate you remembering that. I'm not sure why I would do that, but I could see myself doing it. Thanks for bringing that up. So that's what I do. You I do think melatonin. It was like you were watching the cum dripping down the TV screen and contemplating your existence at the same time. It's just sort of like, has it come to this? I do that. Sometimes you need to, lately when I've been peeing, like if I'm standing naked, urinating, right. I, 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 and it's happened twice, where I literally say to myself, fuck, it's almost over. <laughs> life, life. Oh, life. <laughs> like there's something about standing naked, looking at this very base but necessary activity and going, this, is this all there is? And on some level you realize this is all there is. 
There's this in eating and trying to make a living and feel good about yourself. But this is one of four things that we do. Do you ever have that moment? Absolutely, all the time. <laughs> so listen to this. Dear Mark, I must preface this by saying that I believe I am currently the highest I have ever been. It's my birthday. Like how I snuck that in there, he says. So I decided to smoke a great amount of weed. Right. So then the next paragraph, he bullshits a little bit. And this is the next paragraph. He goes, do you think there will eventually be one universal accent? How is that not a perfect stone thought? And then, like, obviously he gets off on himself. He's like, accents and languages started off because there were different groups of isolated people in the world, right? And sometimes these groups get influenced by other groups who get influenced by others and so on. With the way communication technology is going, more people are talking to more people. Accents get influenced by others. And with some people talking to more people in a completely different part of the earth, how can it not eventually all meld together, save for a few isolated tribes? And is that is is that is and if that is an inevitability, what would it sound like? I have no fucking idea, but I appreciate the guy's highness, don't you? I do too. Yes. What do you think it would sound like? Oh, really? That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. Let me try and recapture that here. It's a little like this. Now, in your mind, what is that an amalgamation of? That, that sounds like a, a white person trying to be kind of black, yet nasal. It's on a little like this. A Mickey Mouse trying to be kind of black, yet nasal. Well, that, sure, that makes perfect sense. That would be all the accents. Mickey Mouse, nasal, and black. Thank you for contributing to that. Um, let me see what, what else is going on. Okay, one other one. I think you'll like this one. Maybe I'll read more. Hey, Mark, I've noticed that on a couple podcasts lately, you've been bringing up visual fine arts and their relationship to comedy. As an artist, I try to integrate comedy into my practice. Because you seem like a pretty donut-obsessed guy, I attached a photo of a recent sculpture I made. It's a disco ball made out of real donuts, coated in plastic to keep the whole thing from going to shit. I think the use of word shit here is relative. That whether or not it's already shit is unclear. But there's a picture of his donut disco ball. And I just wanted to show... No, I, I don't mean to condescend to him. I just... I just I, I'm sorry I don't have a screen here. But... It looks like a disco ball made out of donuts. Yeah. And you know, it's like I worry about one joke. But could you imagine committing six months of your creative life to making a disco ball out of donuts and then being concerned as to whether or not it will last. Like, I don't want this thing to not last because it's important. Have you ever done any of your art? Oh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an avid doodler, uh -huh. as, I'm, as, I'm, as I'm sure you know. Yeah, because I've seen your doodles. I, yep. Do you want to doodle a little now? Uh... You don't have to. I'm, I, I'm taking a doodle in my pants right now. <laughs> but see... I come on TV sets, you doodle in your pants. You, you know, I actually, when I was in, in fourth grade... Yeah. When it's, when, when it's still... When, like, not shitting in your pants is still a point, like a point of pride. Yeah. I... Because now I would just... Shit in your pants. And be like, hey, I just shit my pants. It'd be funny. 
I mean, out of the ordinary, but funny. It'd be, it would, it'd be funny in a sad way. Funny yeah, in a sad yeah. way, but I would have no shame in just being like, I gotta tell you, I just shit in my pants. Yeah, like coming on a television but set. But in fourth grade, it's like, it's not that long ago that I really was shitting in my pants, and so at that point, it's like, I would never shit in my pants. Right. I shit in my pants in fourth grade. Okay. At summer camp. Uh-huh. And hid my duty pants in the sure. woods. Yeah. My bunk mates who were out somewhere doing something came into my bunk holding my duty pants. Busted. Said, are these your duty pants? I said, absolutely not. I have no idea what you're talking about. And they said, then why is your name tag so into that? <laughs> an animal must have got those. Exactly. And, sh- and shit in them. And borrowed, an animal came into my bunk, stole my underwear. <laughs> Put them shit on. in them. <laughs> Put them on, shit in them, then hit them in the woods. That's what I would have said. Does everybody have a bad shit story about going to camp? No? I have one, but I think we've talked enough about shit. And I don't want to share mine. It's just too fucking personal. Coming on TV is like, it, that That's is nothing. heaven. That's nothing. Compared to a camp shit story. So uh, do, you want to, uh, do you want to talk about it? Uh, I'll talk about whatever you want to talk about, Mark. It's your show, and I'm just happy to be here. Okay. All right. So do you still get along with the other state guys? Absolutely. Every one of them? Every one of them. Really? Even Michael? Michael Black? Yes, Michael Black. Michael Black and I are... Well, now easy, fella. He doesn't suck. You just un- you don't is understand it, his wry, is this like the detached what the, sarcasm. The, the what the fuck nation? Yeah, what of course it is. Nation. And Michael Black is like public enemy number one. No, 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 no. I, I, you know, he Mike is, and I buried is, the hatchet. I just, I wanted to make sure you all get along. And every one of you fucking state guys that I've talked to has refused to talk any shit about the other ones. Is that a secret brotherhood? Did no, you guys I mean, make a pact? No, it's just like, you know. We're we, older now? Well, I mean, there, we, you know, did we argue? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Is Do, there. Was there any, was there ever a moment where Michael Schulwalter went, Fuck you, I'm leaving the state. Uh, no. All right. I mean, you know, I did, we all went to NYU. Yeah. And uh, I left NYU after my freshman year to go to an Ivy League university. Holy shit, man. I couldn't fucking uh, get into Ivy League. That did not go over well with the the other guys. Oh, really? Because you're now smarty pants? I guess. (laughs) I did get good SAT scores. And um, so they, they, it took them a while for them to accept me back into the fold. All right. But, but you guys are all okay together. I think so. I mean, you know, we're not, we're kind of like a dysfunctional family. Can I just tell a quick story? Because I, I feel like you need one. Only if it's about me. No, it was about me applying to an Ivy League graduate school. I wanted to go to Yale Acting School. Okay, and I decided that I was the fucking shit and I could just go to Yale acting school, not knowing that it's the most competitive acting school in the world. And they asked for like they asked for like a photograph and not knowing that what they meant was a professionally taken headshot to my to my application for Yale acting school. I went into a photo booth and I did like a series of faces like. To express my different emotions and I taped that to a piece of paper and for my audition I did a, a, a Sam Shepard monologue where I jerked off my belt during the acting part of it like I sat there playing with my belt as if it were my cock 
Needless to say. Wait a second. Wait a second. Was the belt meant to be your cock? I was trying to do something sort of multi-tiered level, you know, like sort of like, hey, is he really playing with his dick with his belt? And and I thought I was getting away with something, whereas they were just looking at my photo booth resume saying, I guess we just have to sit through this. Let's just sit through this. Is the what the fuck nation going to have a backlash against me, too? No, 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 no. These are good people, and, and uh, you know, I, I know you got some news today, and we're all, you know, I didn't bring it up, but, you know, uh, it was interesting, though. Can I bring it up? You can do whatever you want. I said I'm on your show. You can talk about whatever you want. I'm not afraid. No, he's okay. He's okay. He just, uh, you know, we, all, we have projects sometimes, and they don't go through, but the funny thing was is that, you know, he called me and said, I'm, I'm a little fucked up. I don't know if I can do the show, and I'm like, what happened? He's like, I got some news. So I'm like, oh, shit, someone's dead. Right? So I'm like, okay, all right, pal, I understand. Don't worry about it. And, uh, but decide what you want to do because he's like, I don't want to leave you hanging. Well, just decide and call me back. And then he calls me back and he says, yeah, I don't think I can do it. I'm, I'm pretty fucked up by this. And then I reached out personally, right? Yes, you did. Mark. And I said, is there anything I can do, man? And he goes, no, I just uh, you know, I got news about a pilot today. And I'm like, what? <laughs> You're like, well, I worked hard on you this like, pilot. You did shit. I thought someone died. <laughs> And then I think you said, and I, you, you, then you said, we should start like a store together or something. <laughs> and I think you were kidding, but I was like, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. What do you want to sell? <laughs> and I said, let's talk about it, man. So I got a lot of people that would help me bake, so let's look into that. But, uh, but that's, that's Michael Showalter, ladies Thank and gentlemen. you guys. Now, if I get up and walk away, you understand it. Yeah, no, no. Okay. If you want to go, you can go. I'll hang out for a second. Okay, all right. Well, this next guest I met in Ireland. She's one of the funniest women I have ever seen in my life, and she's very pleasant. Uh, and I'm very thrilled that she's here. She just flew in from London. Maeve Higgins, ladies and gentlemen. So, Maeve Higgins, first of all, apology. I have to apologize. I, I think many of you listened to the Irish episode that I did with Maeve, and many of you heard me mention the UK as if Ireland was in the UK. Now, I did get several dozens of emails saying, you fucking idiot, Ireland is not in the UK, and you couldn't have said a worse thing. Yet, Maeve, you just sat there and sort of rerouted the conversation without saying, you fucking idiot, it's not in the UK, and I appreciate you doing that. I apologize for making that mistake. Um... It, it, thank you. <laughs> it's not that it's not it's not that big a thing because we're still in the British Isles. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it was a big thing. It sort of is still a big thing, but I wouldn't expect like. <laughs> but I wouldn't expect like a visitor to know the history. You know. Of no, I, I know, but like it's a basic thing. Like you know, you guys fought for the Republic your of Ireland. right. Yeah. Like I like someone could have shot me for that. Right? No, no. No? No. Okay, all right. That's quite a dangerous thing to say. Well, no, but there was a, I, I upset a lot of Irish people. Um, well, if you did, I guess they're probably overreacting. I mean, the thing is, like, I, I probably did correct you in a roundabout way, but then today my taxi driver from the airport <laughs> said, like, you British, all oh, you British girls are beautiful. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I, and he was um, Egyptian. <laughs> Or whatever. <laughs> and, um, so, <laughs> so, 
so it's fine, it's fine. I don't really like when people in Ireland overreact, because we're such a tiny country, where, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of self-important to be like, I beg your pardon. Yeah. It feels like Britain is our biggest trading partner and everything, so if you want to sell butter, you should keep your options open. I just thought you said that Britain is our biggest trailer park. I thought that's what you said, but you said training yeah, it is. trading partner. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> How is it? So you, just, you literally just got here? Yeah, I got here this afternoon. New York City. Yeah. Woo! Oh, New York is in. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just in London. Yeah. And I, I thought about this because it's a podcast, so I thought I was going to do a soundscape of the city. Okay. Because it's um, our own. Okay. So um, here's London. Get ready to go to London. Okay, I'll close your eyes. Close your eyes. Um, beep, beep. Dong, dong, dong. What is that? What's that? That that's the best fucking clock in the world. <laughs> Big Ben. That's Big Ben. Can I? Hello. Can I have a pie? No problem, Governor. Um, beep, beep, beep. Nino, Nino, Nino. Watch out for Jack the Ripper. <laughs> And then my, two, my friend Josie Long and Claudia Darcy helped me with that one. Okay, that's good. And who wants to visit New York? Yay! Well, then pack your bags. Here we go. <laughs> no, really. No. Um, beep, beep. Nino, Nino. Um, I'm trying to walk along here. Um, ding dong. Or no. Bing, beep, beep. Um, give me a bagel now. <laughs> Wait, eyes open. You're here. Oh, that was great. Thank you. I'm that was like a real journey. <laughs> I sound. I'm like. I'm like a sound artist. <laughs> you're like. You, you, yeah, it was like it was really uncanny. Yeah. Like I felt like I was in Britain again, and I could smell the pie. <laughs> and you could feel, shiver up Jack the Ripper. <laughs> <laughs> I know why. Is this your first time in uh, America? Um, no, I've been here a few times. How's that for you? Um, good. I like it. I mean, yeah, I really like it. I read this book, Colin Tobin book called Brooklyn. I don't know if you read that book. At it's all. a big book. I have it. Um, I don't. I can't get through. And I keep thinking it's just like this really grim story of like an Irish girl who like comes over to America and does it, and that's like really bad in Ireland in the fifties. So I keep thinking like that's gonna be me. But so far, <laughs> <laughs> I just can't understand it. Where are you working while you're here? Oh, I'm not working. I'm here on holiday. You are? Mm-hmm. You just came for fun? Yeah, just for fun. You're not going to work No at shows, all? officer. Ah. <laughs> uh, I get it. Actually, it's true. It's true. I yeah. would love to be doing stuff, but I, you know... You just can't, because you're here on vacation. No. I got it. Oh, what a, ho- what a trip. I'm just dropping into your house to have tea. You have been recording it. Yeah, yeah. This is just perfect. my. Yeah, it was perfect. And yeah, you came to pick up some uh, candy popcorn. I did. Maeve Higgins, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, let's move it down. Okay. I think now let's bring out. Um, we should bring out. He was just here, and I think you you think you ran him off. <laughs> By shouting, boo, Michael Ian Black. <laughs> let's, let's bring Glenn out, because Glenn's uh, odd, and you know he has international stories. 
Uh, and he's, he's a very funny man, and the American audiences don't really know him that well, and they should. Please welcome Glenn Wool to the stage. Glenn Wool. The last time I saw Glenn Wool, he invited me to his house in London. I got to his house. We took a long bus ride to go to a restaurant. Then he got a call, and it was basically somebody saying, you're supposed to be playing an outdoor concert two hours away in half an hour. So then I got to watch Glenn go, I, I've got to get a car. I, I've been considering taking up smoking pot. Because, well, because of it. Yeah? Well, just so I could have that sort of excuse. <laughs> that was such really, a... I'm just an idiot and can't remember to write down work in my diary. I don't know what I thought, like, oh, well, that, that'll be good. That'll be money, and I will go and, and do my job, and there will write it down? No. <laughs> the best part of it, though, was you had, like, an hour and a half to get, like, way out into the country, and, somebody, and you don't have a car, but somehow in that moment, you had decided that you were going to make it. Yeah. That was beautiful, and you started calling people, like, as if they were just going to give you their car. You're like, I need a car. And no one gave you their car. The car that I procured was broken. And I could have had the car, but it didn't work. So don't, don't misjudge my car getting powers. <laughs> and I was, that was the thing, too. It was for Sonosphere, this big rock and roll festival. And uh, I actually made it to the train station, and I was going to make it to the gig 15 minutes late. And they're like, well, no, we, we, you know, you're, you're like, just, just don't come. It's not rock and roll. <laughs> Bullshit, You're supposed to show up stumbling and going, I made it! Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. You like, could have faked an overdose or something. They would have had me with open arms. What happened to your car in Los Angeles? Didn't you buy a car there? Yeah, man. Yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> Were you there for like a month? Then you were like, fuck it, I got to buy a car. And what happened? Where's that car? That's in the long stay at LAX, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I could have, for the amount I have used that car, I could have been driving around in a gold-plated Hummer that I'd rented. I could, I could have got to that music festival in a jet. <laughs> so wait, it's just, I've used that it's just sitting the there car. in the long stay parking? But I come back and visit it like a, like a child that I don't get along with the mother of. Like, oh, there you are. Let's go fishing and pretend nothing's ever happened. I see you like, like I primarily run into you in, at international festivals or inter internationally. I don't understand how you guys do that, you guys being international acts. I've performed in Beijing. Yeah, man. That was like, what was that? What'd you say, Nioma? Oh, yeah. See, I don't know anything about that. To me, it was like going to China for me was like going to Mars. And, and, and I don't mean that in a racial way. I, it's just that. Uh, yeah, you've been misinformed about Mars. Yeah. <laughs> you got to stay off the internet, my man. No, it, there's, there's nothing to accommodate American entitlement in China. No. That, that you, you go there, there are no, there's no signs in English, there's no instructions in English, no one speaks English. The only thing that you recognize, well, I recognize the KFC logo and, and, and a couple of things. And they, 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 the Chinese have more 
types of bicyclized transportation that I've ever seen anywhere. It literally looks like some sort of silly movie or, or that, like, like there are, are Chinese riding bikes with entire homes on them, like, you know, like as if, as if it's a parade of silly bikes, like, you know, with an outhouse maybe. There are people getting haircuts on the street and they're, literally, they're, I saw it many times on the street, just a guy sitting there, another guy cutting his fucking hair on the street. There, there, are, are, there are bazaars and markets in China where you're not clear what they're selling the kittens for. <laughs> this is not racially charged material. But China's not a this race. was my experience there. China's not a race, it's a culture. That's a country. There's only three races. What? Uh, it's mongoloid. Uh, that's not. That's the retarded person. And Greek people. Mongoloid. <laughs> trapezoid and Greek people. Yeah. He is a scientist. He knows. Oh, I am. Someone. You telling me to get off the internet? <laughs> that sounds like exactly internet information. And if you're high enough, you're going. This makes sense, man. Yeah, man. There's a couple. Trapezoidians yeah, are wait. here. You my emails start coming in. <laughs> Finally, someone's speaking for us. <laughs> Trapezoid in front of his computer. Going, See, I am, I am a thing. <laughs> I guess there are no races. Okay, you're right. We're all just people, and, I, and I've just got to accept that. No, but what you were talking about wasn't racially based. It was about a, a country. They could have been. They could have been any race, and you could have been saying those things. But I, I did not mean it. Okay, I, I understand. I'm agreeing I don't, I, with you, and you're arguing with me. So it means that in your no, heart, I, I you just, truly felt you were being racist. I, I always do feel that way. Sometimes, always do feel that way. Sometimes. <laughs> How many people you know that can actually start to backpedal out of, a, 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 out of something they said while they're still saying the thing? I always do sometimes. Not at all. Never. How dare you accuse yes, me? Yes, that is ridiculous. You must be Chinese. I've counted my cats. Now go. <laughs> Well, no, I had a guy email something. This guy's all pissed off. Oh, here it is. I just found out that for 2010, the Department of Defense is budgeted for $651.2 billion and NASA a lowly $18.724 billion. What the fuck? Do we really need the ginormous of a mil that ginormous of a military? What the fuck is this for? If we even took a fraction of our military budget and put it into the space program, we could have been high-fiving aliens and shit by now. <laughs> Or having to spend more money fighting them off. Yeah. <laughs> Glenn Wool, ladies and gentlemen. My next guest is a, a, a dear old friend of mine. We've had our uh, we, we've had our ups and downs, but I love him uh, a lot. I used to live with him. I'm going to try not to bring up anything that that rubs him the wrong way tonight. Because I want him to know how much I appreciate his comedy and how important he, uh, he is to all of us. David Cross, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Mark. You know, um, I remember... Oh, no. One time... Seriously, 
Mark, Mark and I were roommates, and uh, this was not when we were roommates, but I was visiting you in San Francisco. Yeah. And you had just masturbated onto your TV. Um, but I, uh, I remember not appreciating standing in front of the TV while you were telling me. Like, I love to, it's great to have it in your head, like, wow. And then you start thinking, wow, well, what was his room like? Were there bay windows? Was, there a, was it a railway apartment? What was it? But I was there, like, oh, you mean that TV? Uh, but as always, come on. I appreciate it. Come on. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. I, when, <laughs> I remembered it when. Uh, uh, Mike was bringing it up. He's like, oh, my God, I was in San, it was in San Francisco. Okay. <laughs> That's a, like a very sexually free city. You know, San Francisco, San Francisco encouraged you to take sexual risks, and I wasn't quite ready for the one that it demanded of me, so I jerked off on my television. It seemed, it seemed easier and less dangerous than ass sex. It, it, had, it had nothing to do with the uh, sexual nature of it. I mean, it was very... Uh, I mean, and also, that was very you. I mean, it still is you. To, uh, but you, like, come in like, Oh, man, dude, I haven't seen you in so long. I'm up here. Uh, how's it going up here? And then you're, like, kind of miserable. Like, I just jerked off on the team. And, uh, and you were telling me about that. Uh, uh, not, not in a bad way, but in a... In a lesson learned way. <laughs> There's a couple. Dave and I go, go way back. We used to live together in a house. And I don't think I've talked about this. Because uh, I really didn't. Did we talk about the last time we were on? I don't remember it. But I'm not going to do the thing I always do on the radio. <laughs> what? Remember the last time we did, we did a show together? And I was like, God, do you remember back when we started and you couldn't get laughs? You, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then I'd go like, and then I'd say like, and I've done this twice, not realizing I'm fucking up. I'm going, who would have thought you'd be successful? <laughs> you have, yes, you have, you have said that to me a couple times. <laughs> but you and also, then you look at me and you go, I did. <laughs> <laughs> but you also said, in a, but it was also very honest, and I know, uh, I know that. Plenty of people thought that it wasn't just you, but um, not that they not that they thought you'll never be successful. But it just I wasn't the guy you would think of. This is going way back, you know, where you go. Oh yeah, well that's the guys that that guy's gonna. You, do you, got, you guys can't even imagine what it was like to watch Dave at that time. It was spectacular because. We'd do these shows that were regional shows in New England. We would drive like 75, 100 miles to the middle of New England, like Lemonster. And there'd be a gig, there, yeah, there'd be a gig at a place that was tiered and had a disco ball in it. And yeah. Dave, Dave was doing these very sort of, you know, specific character pieces. And literally these audience were just, had no fucking idea what to make of him. Like they, they would stand, they would just be like, I don't know what is happening. What is happening? Because you, yeah. you remember you used to open with that gay character and you would not let up? Right, right. What? The gay first-timer. Right. He, acted like it was, he, he would go up like he was gay and it was his first time on stage. And yes, do it! Oh, God. Yes. I, I, I can't... I don't remember the completeness well, of the... Oh, 
Here was the. I'll, I'll uh, refresh uh, you. Go ahead. Okay. It was the character's name was Na, the Daniel James Napoleon the <laughs> Third. And, and you'd have to bring him up like that. You'd have to go. Yeah. Please welcome Daniel James Napoleon the Third. <laughs> oh shit. And and uh, and you go hi y'all. Well, uh, okay, and I adjust the mic and yeah. Um, well, it's but I also would have myself introduced as it was my first time, so let's make them feel comfortable, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, so uh, I I have I think I find the pets are just weird and crazy, and I have two. Adorable Pekingese. Uh, one's named Sprinkles and one is Pepper. And, uh, and then I would just go into this long-winded... Uh, it was like it went on for... thing about how... Whatever they did and the punchline was... I can't remember what it was, but it went on for like two and a half, three minutes, and the punchline was not funny. And it was supposed to be funny. I mean, it was... You could tell that, oh, that's where the punchline is, but the punchline just wasn't funny. And... And then I would get nervous, and then I would uh, get upset at the audience for not liking. No, there was this there, right. There was this beat where you'd go, "Are you all laughing at me?" Oh yeah, I can't. I can't <laughs> tell if you're laughing at me or with me, and, and then people would yell and go, um, "Yeah, dude, we're fucking laughing at you." <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, at you, you fucking faggot. Uh, well, I just. I, uh, I, all right, and... Can I, can I tell the bean story? The bean story? Don't you remember, man? Like, I, I like oh, to... the bean. I like to cook. All right, right, like, right. And so, like, and, and, yeah, and yeah. Dave decided he was going to cook some beans, and he got, you know those packets of all the different beans? <laughs> Wait a minute. What? I wasn't merely cooking beans. <laughs> I, it wasn't like I got a bunch of pinto beans and threw them in a thing, go, here you go. No, you were making... I, mean, I was making a, a recipe... That I thought, well, I was making a thing that, I, that consisted of a lot of beans. Well, all I know, all I know is I got over to his house. That was when you were living over in uh, Somerville or Cambridge or somewhere. I don't remember. It was a nice house. And there on the stove was like this large kettle of lava. It was just like this bubbling, it looked like lava. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And he's like, I'm just cooking beans. I'm like, that's not beans. What is that? And he had taken like nine or ten of those packages of different kinds of beans and put them in one pot with about an inch of water. And he just cooked them. He didn't rinse them. He didn't soak them or anything. And it was just this thing of lava. And I'm like, that's fucked up. You can't, you can't eat that. Well, I added, you know, garlic powder and pepper and salt and <laughs> hot sauce. And I was like, hey, here's you, the thing. We, I was fucking dirt poor. Right? I didn't have a lot of money. Okay. Beans are cheap. Yeah. Um, hence the, you know, Mexican population. And then, uh, fucking. There are no races, David. That is, that has nothing to do with saying that the, uh, white race is superior to the. Zero. They're two separate things. Um, anyway, uh, so I had, uh, um, so I. Yeah, I was making I was making food for the you know, a yeah. month, yeah. you know, and it was cheap. And then and I thought it would be good. You put some right. shit in it, you right? Know? You get those Adobe spices where you get like but half the, a gallon for sixty cents and you dump it in there. But you made something like you made like bean concentrate. Yeah, no, it was not good. I get it. We all get it. <laughs> Look, not every not 
every dish you make when you're fucking 22 or whatever I was, or 24, what, what, is tasty. Well, did, well you should have thrown it away. Did you throw it away? I should have thrown it away, Did yes. you eat it? <laughs> yes, I ate it. Did it? Over and over again. Did it cause you gas? It gave me horrible... It was a bad... Yes, it was a bad experience. And uh, um, I've not made the dish since. And... Uh, <laughs> So now let's can we can I bond with you as a man? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How old is your girlfriend? Uh, she is twenty-seven and a half. <laughs> I'm dating a twenty-seven-year-old too. Mine's driving me crazy. Uh, mine is not. Uh, we are. Uh, We're sad men. No. no I'm, I'm very happy. You are? No, I said mine, mine is not driving me. Oh, okay. I was just projecting. No, no, no. no I, d- I mean, uh, yeah. I think the key to having a woman not drive you crazy is for you to be kind of uh, rational and centered and not uh, um, overly emotional and self-centered. I understood none of that. <laughs> Like, I heard it, but it, was, it, it, it seemed like you were talking about, like, you should cure cancer. Well, I, look, I'll write this down for you. <laughs> you. Well, like, I'm thinking about, like, you know, like, do you ever think about kids? In a sexual way? <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, uh, uh, yes, I do. Now, but when you think about it, like, here's what I realized, and I don't know if I've brought this up on the podcast before, though, like, I realize I'm at this age where, I, like, I've had two marriages that, that didn't work, you know, because of whatever happened, and, no, sh- I'm not bitter, and, but, like, I'm starting to realize now that I'm probably not going to have kids, and I'm not necessarily adverse to it, but I don't see myself, like, having conversations around, like, are we going to have kids, are we not going to have kids, but I can see myself having the conversation that starts with, like, well, what do you want to do with it? Yeah, you know, that, yeah. You know. <laughs> And, and, then, and, then, and then saying, like, I guess I'm old enough to handle it if you want to go ahead and go through with it. Like, that's how it's going to happen for me. Well, that conversation isn't, is, is probably has less of a chance happening with a uh, younger woman than an older woman. In other words, because a younger woman might be quicker to go, uh, I got all the time in the world. Yeah, why would I want to bring this into the world? Right. What? Yeah, she, she, she is like, I think that she has missed 20 years of my career and is like quoting material that I did like a long time ago. Huh? That's, that's one of my favorite Mark Maron lines ever. That's one of my favorite jokes ever. Mine too. Do it? Oh my God, she's demanding, I, but I, they did it. I had to do it and you make, sat here and, you know... Encourage them. Um, it's a really funny. I'm trying to think. Very succinct and. I'm trying very to, to remember how it starts. Oh, like I'm getting at to that. Oh yeah, I remember. I'm at that age now where I realize that teenage girls don't even acknowledge me as a sexual being anymore. No, I'm not saying I want to fuck teenage girls. I'm just saying, hey, throw me a bone. You, you know, cute T-shirt. Look at me. Nothing, unless it's to turn to their friends and say, hey, why is that weird guy looking at us? What's he doing at the mall? Quick, get to the food court. The guards there run you guys. 
And then I say, oh, I'm lying, and that's, that's crass. Of course I want to fuck teenage girls. I mean, doesn't everyone? That's why there's a law. That's a, that's a classic. Are you doing some other new show? Some big fancy show? Um, With Will Arnett? Is that yeah, happening? I'm also doing... Um... People love you, you know? I wish the girl that I'm dating would shut up about you. Stick your cock in her mouth. <laughs> you see, ladies and gentlemen... That only works for so long, and then it's like, David Cross is really funny. David Cross is the funniest guy I've ever seen in my life. That is terrible. You know what's funny is this... The show after the show is, ty- is labeled the Dirty Show. <laughs> um, I'm, it's, I'm born again filthy. It's, it's just happened. I, I've made a decision that I'm going to do that. That like I'm just gonna I'm not gonna hide anymore. There was a period in time where I was very filthy on stage, you know, but in a thoughtful way. And I, and yeah. I just think I think it's time for that again. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's all what you're processing at the moment, which is, you know, everyone, all, every audience will, or well, know, I, fans I, of yours will go with that. Well, what are you thinking about? Well, I'm at this weird age where, like, I have not dated a woman in a long time that has said, you know, I want to fuck in a restaurant. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. I, I don't even, I don't even know, you know where, I, I got exhausted thinking about what the options were. <laughs> you know I'm what I'm relating. talking about? I'm relating. <laughs> Where it becomes like when you're uh, in your twenties and thirties, yeah. like like, oh, that sounds fucking hot. That's great. And, then, and it's when it's like, oh, this is a reality. I have to think of restaurant. Let's see, with the diner on Second and Fifth. I guess we could go there. Baselka's open all night. Uh, shit, where? But no, it's not dark enough. Uh, I'll be with you in a second, honey. Uh, let me Google Google search. <laughs> Find a fucking bath, like a single occupancy bathroom at restaurants. Oh, oh we're old Jews. <laughs> David Cross, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. All right, this is good. This will work. Stay here. Uh, my next guest is, uh, I, I, I'm so glad she's here. She used to be the, uh, the head writer, I believe, uh, the head writer of Ellen for a while, and, and she was a comedian I came up with in San Francisco. She's going to need to go down there, Glenn, because she's got a guitar, uh, and she's very funny. Please welcome Karen Kilgareth to the stage. You want, where's your guitar? I just, I'd just like to say that you did introduce Maeve as the funniest uh, woman comedian that you know so it's great to not only follow David Cross and your weird let's fuck 15 year old girls bit uh, but then like be what fifth mm. do I get a ranking of hilarity or anything yes uh, Karen I, I, I have always had a great deal of respect yeah. uh, I have no one wants respect Mark. <laughs> I don't respect you that much, and but I think you're fucking hilarious. What are you doing here? What am I doing here? In New York. Um, I'm working on the marriage ref. Holy shit, that's going to be a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> I love work. 
of a challenge. I love... Uh, Did you... I'm a fixer. I'm like Michael Clayton. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. They brought you in, like, bring Kilgareth and I'm make totally him... I'm going to be fired tomorrow. <laughs> we heard you on the internet. I'll, I'll, Who do you think you are? We'll, we'll tear the, uh, the release of this podcast <laughs> until they take that off the air. The... Um, <laughs> Tomorrow. <laughs> right. did, now, how long did you write for Ellen? Five years. And is she wonderful? Um. All right, we'll move on. The. Um, <laughs> what do you want me to say? <laughs> I didn't want it to be that tense. I but just. You, uh, yeah. No. Here's the thing. Yeah. Um, it's weird to get introduced. It's so funny to be like on a on a panel like this to be last and then to be introduced as the head writer of Ellen I, I feel like I should come out with like 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 a, a tight perm and like you know really comfortable shoes and like everyone's like oh now we're gonna get lectured by her like, that's like, it always feels like the energy in the room goes fucking to the floor of like oh the Ellen writer I know I'm projecting, but it's always what it feels like. Everyone's like, he invented the word alternative. He shoots people from the stage, and it's awesome. She's the head writer of that one. But you're a, a very well, funny comedian. What, Dave? Maybe if you took off your glasses and wore a little makeup, it would be the same thing. <laughs> then I'd rank third funniest girl. Oh, shit. So you you moved here for good then? You like you're, No, you're, just till December. Yeah, and have you spent time in New York before? Uh, it was. I think I was here for like a week or two, like to come out and do shows. And stuff. Right. D- David did a show Wait, a while ago. That was ago. the only time you were here. Like one. Of, oh well. Aside from working on the Ellen DeGeneres show, um, doing doing the show, which yeah. you don't. It's not like visiting. You're like you're in, working. A, in an office going crazy. Yeah. But no, like yeah, to visit only a couple times. And are you nervous about living here? I mean, do you, are you liking it? Um, I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's, oh, it's awesome. Karen, you're gonna love it. You're in here in the best time to be here too. It's fucking yeah, beautiful so right now. I, I mean, fall into winter before winter gets super shitty, which really, does, I mean, less and less each year. You know, uh, <laughs> is that a good thing Until or a bad we thing? All die. It's a bad thing. It's yeah, a bad thing. that there's not going to be any seasons. Relative, but um, it's it really. I mean, in the last couple years, like oh, the first snow uh, is usually around January twentieth. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's uh, up until then it rains. It's I mean, uh, from New York to. It turned into London is weird. Not not as a cultural place. <laughs> David, but, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm talking this about my global, time. It's global girl time. warmings. Girl time right now. <laughs> I did realize something though uh, that last night we went to leave and we were you know our, we were standing on the corner and my friend's like, well I'm gonna go take the train home, and she's like, you know I'll come down there and I'll show you where you can take the train to or whatever. And I was like, no. And then she looks at me and goes. You're afraid of earthquakes, aren't you? And I was like, yeah, I actually am. And that's, I realized that I thought I was just kind of being a snob or like, I'm only going to take cabs. But I have this, the first thing that flashes through my head when I go to think to go underground is that I'm, that there's going to be an earthquake and I'm going to get smashed between like two pieces of cement. 
That's that's, <laughs> that's the I, first thing I think of. Like, well, oh, it's I, weird. If I have water trail mix. I'll go down there, but uh, I usually don't. But I'm I'm new, in New York, that's about maybe the twelfth thing you should be worrying about. As <laughs> no, I don't as far as shit either. that can happen in the subway, that's really <laughs> fucked up. I know. I mean, there's a whole other list of fears that we can make for you. Because I'm sure people have fears. In, in I'm like, the, what do you mean rape? I want to. I need fresh water. That's what I care about. Well, that's just weird. When you live in the West Coast, if I just go out for the, you know, if I go to Santa Monica from where I live, I'm packing everything shy of a tent. Yeah, I, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, fuck. I'm going to be gone for two hours. I need lunch. I'm going to need water. Maybe I should bring my sleeping bag. It seems nice enough to sleep outside. Ankle knife. You got to bring it all. But also, you don't go underground very much in California. Like, there's not basements. Mm-hmm. People don't, it does, it's a different thing. But there are earthquakes. There are plenty of earthquakes. But I, we're all up above ground. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I, got, I thought, what? There are. They're always happening. David, you don't understand. There's a lot of earthquakes. It's you a lot, haven't it, lived there in years. Well, not, not, not earthquakes that matter. No, I know, but they still happen. <laughs> and oh, I always sweep through. I have to tell you, though. You have to name your next comedy album Merely Making Beans. <laughs> That's the best phrase anyone's ever spoken out loud. I wasn't merely making beans. Right? No? You want to sing songs now? Sure. This is like, this is going to be good. Oh, no, I won't overplay it. What was the band you were in with Marilyn Weisskopf? Oh, okay. We'll watch you sing now. Uh, From the head writer of Ellen. Love songs to Ellen DeGeneres. I'm like, I love you so, miss you. Uh, let's see. This is a this is actually a new song. So I know, uh, and I don't play the guitar very well, and I don't claim to be a musician. And I um, uh, love being here with all of you. <laughs> There's a moment of silence. Look at your phone. <laughs> if you don't know what to say, you can look at your phone. <laughs> don't go looking around, cause everyone's looking down. Just look at your phone. Look at your phone. Look at your phone. <laughs> What you gonna do when the grid goes down? And do you have a plan for yourself when the grid goes down? Will you be all alone just staring at that cold dead phone in an apartment in West Covina? And that's all I have for that. <laughs> Breath. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's my mom. Uh, oh. <clears throat> Jesus walks and he runs and he flies. He can harness the wind. He's in charge of who lives and dies. He has open wounds and his heart's on fire. He can see us right now. He is watching us. Maeve Higgins, Glenn Wool, Michael Showalter. Thank you all for coming to live What the Fuck at Comics Comedy Club in New York. You're a great audience. I appreciate your support. I love that you're all here. Go to WTFPod.com for all your other needs. Good night.